0: Hey, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message.
1: Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Surprise, it's me and not Pastor Josiah. We are starting a new series and I get to kick it off this week. And I'm just so excited about what God's put on my heart. The series that we're starting is called One Small Step, and it is going to be all about Faith. Now, normally, like I said, I don't get to introduce new sermon series typically, but several weeks ago, God spoke something to my heart that I felt really impressed to share with you at some time. And it happened to just tie in so beautifully with the series that Pastor Josiah had been dreaming up for some time now, actually. So today I get to share with you the first part of one small step that's going to be all about increasing your faith. Josiah and I, through this series, will each share different parts of faith, ways to grow in our faith, because really it is just so foundational to our journey and our walk with God. Before we get into this, the story that I believe God wants me to share, let's just set a foundation for faith. What does the Bible say about it? Well, in the most simple terms, Faith is complete trust in God. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is really this inward confidence and reliance on God and all that he says, despite what we're experiencing or seeing in the natural world around us. Each of us has been given a measure of faith to live by. And in this series, we will look at some of the heroes of faith as examples on how to walk out our faith in practical, practical, relevant ways to our 2020 lives. That's right. A book written thousands of years ago is relevant to today. So my series is going, or my today is going to focus on a rising or increasing faith. And we're going to take a look at Gideon and his story. And really, there's a lot of different views on Gideon, but he had great faith to walk in the call that God had for him. And in the end, faith was really his sword as he walked out the call on his life. This story in the way that God's revealed it to me is all about how faith increased and arose as Gideon walked in what he was supposed to do. He had an encounter with God. So I'm going to give you a little overview of it. Then we're going to get into the portion of scripture. So God sent an angel. That's right. He sent an angel to visit Gideon and to tell him that he, God wanted him to lead the Israelites to defeat the Midianites. The Midianites had been dominating the Israelites for some time and God wanted Israel to have victory. And he wanted Gideon to be the one to lead them into that victory. The call was clear. It was specific. And after quite the process to accept God's call, Gideon did move forward with assembling his army of 32,000 men. And this is where we're going to pick up the story in Judges 7 verses 2 to 8. It's a little bit of scripture, but bear with me. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. That's right. 32,000 was too many warriors. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. They had a cop out. If you're afraid, leave. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them to just determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. Have you ever been in that place before where, you know, maybe nothing looks like this abundant life in God that you hear others talk about or have even read in the Bible? Maybe things are diminishing around you, like Gideon's army was dwindling in numbers. Maybe your, I don't know, a real day, everyday example for today would be maybe you're living off your savings right now and it just is dwindling in numbers. Maybe you there's been like loss after loss in your life. Maybe relationships or people are leaving your life. Maybe there's this minimizing or decreasing of resources and faith, just like Gideon, where he went from 32,000 warriors to 300. But we can be inspired by Gideon's story if we are in a similar situation, because what made Gideon's situation so great This is the part that just inspired this whole message to me when Holy Spirit spoke this to my heart and he said, Gideon allowed God to minimize the resources and his perceived strength, less people watching his entire portfolio diminish yet still Gideon's faith increased in the sight of the decrease. There is an opportunity presented to each and every one of us when there seems to be nothing but decrease around us to step into this place of increasing faith. And I believe that there's an invitation, just like Gideon, to increase your faith in the sight of this decrease. Now, okay, that might be all well and good for Gideon, but. Has anyone really walked through this today? Well, I'm going to share with you a current situation and process that I've been going through with God. And I'd say I'm, I'm working through it, but it's still pretty fresh. And um, a few weeks ago, Josiah opened up about part of our story of the last six or seven months, what we've walked through. And he opened up in one of his messages about how in March we lost a baby Now, you know, having a miscarriage was devastating and I've experienced heartache and loss previous to this in my life before, but this time was different. It was like my heart was just being ripped out. It's a different kind of pain. All these questions and from this loss that I'm never going to really be able to answer, you know, who would this baby have grown up to be? What kinds of memories would we have built as a family? What would this child look like? How would this child impact me and us on a daily basis like we get to enjoy with our son right now? These are the stories I will never get to tell with this little one on earth. Now that's, like I said, just part of our story. The next part of our story actually happened only six days after the loss of that baby. I was terminated without cause from my job, my dream job. The job that I spent 19 years of my life becoming an expert at. Sacrificing my life, my heart to build into people. The job that stirred up this fire within me that I loved. And in one 11 minute phone call, that door slammed shut. No answers, no reasons given, no preparation In a short Zoom call, my entire destiny changed. Everything I had worked for felt stripped and taken away from me. All I could see for those first few weeks of grieving was the decrease. Everything around me seemed to be decreasing. Our family, our finances, my influence, my impact, and my heart was broken. Yet, as I walked through this, awful season, an amazing thing has happened. Faith has risen on the inside of me. My faith has actually been able to increase despite all of the decrease. And you know, the reason why Gideon could increase his faith in the sight of decrease is the same reason that I have been able to increase my faith, I believe, during such a tumultuous season And I believe it's because of the assurance given by God through the process, right? I'm going to describe what that means as we go through this story, but the assurance that God gave to Gideon through his word and his promise allowed Gideon to increase faith in the face of decrease. And that was true for me too. The good news is, like I've talked at the start of this, that Gideon, I believe, was, is this great example of faith, but he didn't get to that place of great faith immediately. He wasn't perfect in his response to the request sent by an angel of the Lord. He went through a process to arrive at a place of faith that really, I hope, inspires you today, and I know it's inspired me. So let's take a look at this process and break it down. So we're going to read throughout Judges to get a good picture at what happened to Gideon. So angel of the Lord comes, tells Gideon what he's supposed to do. And the very first step in Gideon's process was doubt and questioning. Judges 6.15 says, this is good. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. Right away, an angel is speaking to him and his response is to doubt himself. He says it right there. How can I save Israel? Next, he doubts the strength of his clan. My clan is the weakest, he says to God. He doubts the strength that is around him. He doubts that he is strong enough and sees others as more talented, more suitable, or stronger than himself for this call. He says, I'm the least in my father's house. So he instantly puts himself in a position where he doesn't think he's good enough to do it. And I just love this about God. God's only response to Gideon's doubt and questioning is right away in Judges 6.16. It says, and the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. That can be the starting point of faith for each and every one of us. The Lord is with us. Now, this might sound elementary or like Christianity 101. God is with you. God is with you. That, that's some sort of assurance that you need for your doubts and your fears. And that list of reasons why you don't qualify for the call of God. But it's the truth. Many great heroes of faith in the Bible were only encouraged along their journeys through the fact that God was with them. The same holds true for us. That statement matters because God is the one who created you and I. He knows you and I. He, he's the one that made the plan for your life and for mine. And he is the one that's seen it through. So him being with us along the way is important because he is the only one who truly knows you. I know that I, when I walked through that decrease and loss in my life, I felt so much doubt in who I am, who I'm supposed to be, if I'll be able to get through to the other side of this heartbreak, I was comparing myself to others. But no matter your list or my list of doubts, the seeming strength of those that are against you or your decrease or your lack of strength or talent or suitability – the only guarantee we need is that God will be with us. So that was step one of Gideon's process, doubt and questioning. God addresses it. The next thing Gideon presses into Gideon presses into is he sought assurance and confirmation from God. In Judges 6 17 it says, Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Gideon wanted to know that he was actually hearing from God. He asked for confirmation and assurance. He went right to God desiring to know for sure. God encourages this type of behavior in his word. I mean, some people have given Gideon flack for that kind of approach to God sending an angel, but really it is not a bother or annoying to God for us to seek out assurance and confirmation. He is patient and he wants that discovery to happen alongside him. And we see this in Matthew 7, 7. It says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And you know what? Gideon in the end of this process was rewarded for his persistence, seeking affirmation or assurance to get the confidence that he needed, that God was speaking to him. Now, the next step is so interesting to me. I'd never seen this before. But the next step in Gideon's process was he brought an offering to the Lord. He sacrificed something that he owned to God. Judges 618 says, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. You know, getting to this place of confirmation for Gideon took a sacrifice on his behalf. Now, yes, back then in Old Testament times, it was a thing to offer burnt sacrifices like goats or lambs so that you could like hear from God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross for for us, we no longer have to burn goats in order to hear from God. We have that direct line with him. Thank you, Jesus. But I do find it fascinating that Gideon felt compelled to offer something to God that cost him something in order to receive a word from God. And you know what? I do not believe that it was manipulation. And I also don't don't believe it was like this game that God was playing where he's like, you give me something and then I'll give you something back in return. But I believe that it was actually getting, showing his heart to God, that he genuinely wanted to sacrifice whatever. It took to be sure he was following God's command for his life, not his own command for his life. And what came next after the, after this offering is so beautiful, and it's the next step in Gideon's process. He received peace from God. Judges six twenty three to twenty four says, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. As soon as Gideon set the offering out, it was accepted by God and peace came to him. God's response to Gideon's offering and sacrifice was peace. Does anyone need some peace today maybe it's just on the other side of your offering or sacrifice we're almost through his process here right after that peace came he was instructed by god i'm not going to read it but it's in judges 625 so you know that it's true but god instructed him through this kind of lengthy discussion to tear down the idols that um, his clan was serving, so they had this like gold idol that they worshiped his clan his clan was the clan of Manasseh, and they worshiped this idol like it was a god, and our Lord and Savior he instructed Gideon to tear down that god and that idol that his clan was serving, and I think this is so significant because its set it set Gideon's heart on the right things and he followed God's instruction to tear down that idol and the other gods that his clan worshipped. And so the question I believe in this process for if you are desiring this increasing faith is what are the idols in your life that need to be torn down so you can be fixed and focused on the right thing? The final stages of Gideon's process was to, get this, again, ask for assurance of God's instruction. It is quite lengthy. Read it. Um, I'll just give you the overview. It's in Judges 6, verses 26 to like 30. It's a bit of a lengthy um, portion of Scripture. But basically, the gist of it is that... Um, Gideon set out a fleece before God, and really what he was trying to do was he wanted a physical sign from God that he had indeed spoken to Gideon. So he took a fleece, like literally a fleece, and he put it out on the grass. And the first time he said, Lord, if this is your command, I'm asking that the, there would be no dew on the ground, but the fleece would be wet. So God did it. Then the next day, Gideon asks again for assurance, puts out a fleece and he asked God to make the um, fleece, fleece wet, but the, gra- no, the ground wet, but the fleece dry. And again, God did it. You know, the Lord was patient with Gideon and provided him the assurance that he needed to move forward with what God was calling him to do. Are you going through a process of increasing your faith? Maybe your faith is like way down here and even just a teeny tiny step is an increase for you. Is there an area that God has instructed you to step into that you need a little bit more faith for? Or step he's asked you to take in in your life or decision that he wants you to make and has given you the answer to. What's amazing to me about Gideon's process is that he did it with God the entire time. Like I've said a few times, he takes a lot of heat from people that I've ever heard preach this message or share this story. Often it's put in the context of like, really, does he need that many confirmations from God? Like it shows this lack of faith or this lack of trust in God. That's typically how I've heard this story shared before. But isn't this just an accurate picture of the process so many of us go through, if we're being honest with ourselves, when we want to know for sure that we are doing the right thing, God, or Gideon figured it out with God along the way, never trying to do it in his own strength, never trying to be perfect but rather to do it with God and get to the place where his faith would not be moved, but would only grow. So I want to encourage you to walk through the process like Gideon with God because the result of that process at the end of it was he was able to increase his faith and stand with it like it's a sword in the face of the decrease that was happening all around him. Remember 32,000 men to 300, that is decrease. He is an example to all of us that once we go through the process of hearing from God, to stand on his promise, to get a word from the Bible, and then to never let go. A rising and increasing faith is made possible when we refuse to accept anything other than the fact that what God says about himself and his promises for our lives are anything but true. And if it takes a process like Gideon's to get there, I would say that it's worth it. And there was no turning back for Gideon. And as I shared, I'm feeling this increasing strength and and faith in my life too. And there is no turning back. You know, my faith, I, I know, and believing the word of God is true, has been my actual lifeline through this season. The only reason that I can confidently walk in this place with peace and joy and confidence Every other decrease of life that's happened to me, busyness has kind of gone away and relationship tension and running around and winning or approval from others, proving myself, hurt, this loss. It all fades away in the light of the faithfulness of God to perform his word in me. And it's resulting, like I said, in increasing faith in my life. And really isn't decrease really just a doorway for God to work through that when everything around us seems to be falling apart, that when nothing else makes sense, God would come and instead of despair and mourning to encourage us to step out in faith during that season, to dare to believe God that he is actually who he says that he is. It's very easy to believe that God is your provider when income is stable and predictable. It's very easy to be generous when you have more than enough left over month after month, satisfying every one of your needs first. It's very easy to believe that God has a good plan for your life when you're living out your dreams. But when you're decreasing, when you're like Gideon going into battle with diminishing numbers of men decreasing resources to actually look in the face of it and increase your faith or like my situation, when more things seem to be leaving my life than being added to it. That's when miracles break forth. That's when we are positioned for faith to open doors and set each of us in the right place at the right time. First Peter one, five to seven touches on this. It says through our faith, The mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though you've had to put up with grief of many trials, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes for even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor. Faith is the key factor in standing in the face of decrease with confident assurance. Faith is what sets us up for God to work mightily in our lives. Faith is this firm foundation that will carry us through the decrease. If anything around me, everything else around me decreases, let my faith only increase. If God calls you to something, I want to encourage you. That means he has provision to see that thing through. It means that no matter what it looks like along the journey or through the process, that he is there for you and providing what is needed to see that accomplished in your life. That when Gideon's army shrunk from 32,000 to 300 men, that was the position that allowed God to work mighty miracles through Gideon. So today, being the first part in a series of faith, I want to ensure that there is a takeaway on exercising your faith. Go through the process like Gideon did to get to a position where, as you stand in the face of seeming decrease, you are actually in a position of faith and strength, where you know that you have re- get to a place where you know that you have received a promise of or assurance from God's word on the subject, and then be relentless to hold on to that promise until until you see the miracle breakthrough in your life. Diligently seek God, speak out his promise, write it down and put it in areas that you pass by frequently in your house or your life. Whatever it takes to be sure that your heart is set on Jesus, not on the decrease. Hebrews 12, one to two encourages us. It says, let us strip off Every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress and let us run with endurance. The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus on whom our faith depends from start to finish. Keep your eyes on him. Faith will drive us and allow us to endure no matter what we're facing. Once Gideon received that assurance from God that he could trust him, there was no turning back. That is what going to the word, going to God and getting a promise from him to hang on to, to say out loud, to speak when your head is reeling with doubts does for each of us. And just like 1 Peter 1.21 says, your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God. So you know what, let faith arise in the face of decrease. When it seems that things around you are diminishing, that your resources are minimizing, let faith only increase in the face of it. Before we go, I do wanna pray for two groups of people today. The first one is, if you don't know this Jesus that I've been talking about for the last 25, 30 minutes, but you want to know him and you want to make him Lord of your life and enter into a relationship with him, I want to invite you to put out your hands actually first in just an act of surrender and in an act of receiving this free gift that Jesus has provided for you. And then repeat these words after me. Jesus, today I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross and being raised to life again for the forgiveness of my sins. I want to do life with you, hear from you, work with you, and live out this life of faith with you. Jesus name amen well, if you prayed that for the very first down, time, welcome to the family of God. And really, we want you to contact us. If you pray that for the first time, you can email us at hello at thrivecalgary.ca, fill out a connect card, direct message us, whatever way to get in touch with us, please do so. Cause we wanna get some resources in your hands so that you can get started on this journey and your relationship with Jesus. And so we can explain to you what happened when you prayed that prayer. The second group I want to pray for is anyone that's experiencing this perceived or actual decrease in your life, whether it's relationships, finances, family, friendships, contracts, whatever the decrease is and you want an increase in the measure of faith in your life, I want to pray for you today that just like Gideon, faith would rise up and increase and that you would receive a word from God today concerning your situation. So here we go, Father, thank you that you are moved by the faith of your people, that You see where every one of these people are at in their hearts and their lives. Thank you that you are with them and have a good plan for each and every one of them. I'm asking today that faith would arise strong in their lives, that as they seek your face, they would encounter you. They would hear from you that they would receive a promise to hold on to steadfastly that will only serve to increase their faith during this time of decrease. Thank you that you are a good God who takes care of your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you have an awesome Sunday and uh, we'll see you if uh, you have never joined us, please do, but be sure to plug in with our community Mon- no, Tuesday, 8 to 8.15. We have a Thrive Live on Facebook and Instagram and we'd love to see you there. God bless.
0: Hey, thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to see you at a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information on our website, thrivecalgary.ca. If you'd like to become a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can also do that by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you. Have a great week.